my name is Lauren Layfield and this is Your Next Podcast, the show that podcast fans everywhere have been waiting for. The series I'm recommending this week is Million Dollar Lover from BBC Sounds. It's about a wealthy widow who falls in love with a much younger man who also happens to be someone who spent time in prison. (laughs) How it unfolds will leave you with so, so much to think about and it's not anywhere near as simple as it sounds. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. High five, let me hear it. High five. I love you, Carolyn. I know. I love you. I know. Chance had brought Carolyn and Dave together in an affluent American beach town. I love you. I know that. Mm. That's why I'm here. I know. Thank the Lord. Dave was an ex-con, living rough, doing odd jobs. When he came to Carolyn's to help out with the garden, she was a wealthy widow with a property portfolio worth millions. Within weeks, she'd fallen in love with him and taken him in. There was a big age gap. She was 80, he was 57. I love his personality and I hate it when he's gone. I love him. I love him to pieces. They were an unlikely match, but I could see that for Carolyn, the thrill of being loved, of being in love, hadn't diminished with age. It's hard sometimes. You're a young man. Yeah, we're from Mars, you're from Venus. Getting to know Dave and Carolyn also meant getting to know her daughters. They didn't buy for one minute the idea that Dave's love was genuine. They thought their mom's age, her wealth and her loneliness had left her vulnerable. That's our mom. We're not going to let you just do that. It's our family's money. Should we be okay just giving it to some loser? (laughs) It's none of their business. Why did they get involved? David is the best thing that happened to me. I knew how I'd feel if my own mom, whose devotion I've always been able to take for granted, was suddenly obsessed with a stranger. Soon, everyone who knew the couple was asking whether Dave was really the tender lover he claimed to be, or a dangerous interloper who'd fleece Carolyn, breaking her heart and her family. Honestly, it's a mystery, but he said that he's sticking by her. I think he's been a bright spot in her life. No doubt in my mind, he planned all that out. He's a master manipulator. I could see him looking around, and to me, it was like finding a victim or something. I feel that he talks his way in the door. I'm a crime reporter with the BBC, but my husband's an American with a home in Cayucas, one of the most idyllic coastal communities in California. Property here is expensive. If there's a fight over an inheritance, chances are it'll happen in a place like this. And in Carolyn's case, the fight was happening on our street. I just got out my tape recorder and let it run every time I was back from reporting assignments. I did it in my own spare time for over a year. Cayucas had always been my escape from work, my safe place. But what I witnessed took me from million dollar homes to the most deprived wastelands in America. 
I've discovered family secrets I would never have guessed. I was the piece that was never supposed to be found. He was going to put this beautiful facade on and you were going to love him like everybody else there loves him. And then you dug a little too deep and you found me. This is an original story of love and loss, recorded with the permission of everyone you'll hear. Because everyone felt like I did. What was happening really mattered. There was a lot to lose. I want to be with him all the time. Maybe you want to be with him too much. Maybe so. But if anything happens to you, I will just die. I'm Sue Mitchell, and this is Intrigue, Million Dollar Lover from BBC Radio 4. Episode 1, Stranger in Town. I gotta do this right here, Sue. I'm gonna cut this gutter off. I got the cap, I already bought it. My very first encounter with Dave was in the autumn of 2021, when he came to our house. It's on Circle Drive, a small cul-de-sac at the end of a road that winds uphill from the beach. As you stand on the street, the reviews out over the sea. We needed help with some building work. A neighbour had recommended Dave. He did mostly joinery. He set about repairing some rotten wooden balconies. Dave never seemed to be down. He took a joy in what he did, and it was contagious. He set the mood on my house renovations, and he made friends with the other contractors. In their breaks, Dave played the guitar and the harmonica. I noticed he liked a beer, and he certainly knew how to help people relax. I'm going to get the harmonica. This will be new while we're working. I got people bringing me beer from everywhere, so... Oh, Steve, tell her. <laughs> His appearance is quite something. His face is attractive. Even features, white teeth set off by a tan, blonde hair in a ponytail, a neat beard. But seeing his body as he worked bare-chested was a bit of a shock. His chest is crisscrossed with old scars that look like self-harm. He has piercings with rings through both nipples. The numbers 5150 are tattooed across his belly with flames dancing up from them. When I looked at what those numbers mean, 5150 is a police code for someone who's mentally ill and dangerous. So Dave was rough looking and yet the first thing he told me when I offered him a coffee was how devoted he was to his girlfriend, Carolyn. I'm gonna take care of her as best I can, you know, unless I can. All the guys down there know that Carolyn's my girl. I don't mess around, you know. I don't stay out because I have a home to go to. I have somebody at home waiting. I'm gonna remain until the wheels fall off. They were a very close couple. As soon as Dave started working on our house, Carolyn was popping in from hers a few doors down. We're checking the shower again. How are you? Good, how are you? I made you some peach pie. Oh, yeah, he told me. I thought you might like that. I would know. It's very English. We'd lived along the way from Carolyn for years, but I'd never seen her before, and I wouldn't have guessed she was 80. She told me she had some Native American ancestry. Her hair's naturally dark and long and thick. I describe her as an ageing hippie. She wears jeans, trainers and a sweatshirt. There's a lot of handmade jewellery. 
I know Americans are less reserved than Brits, but having Carolyn and Dave in your home was like watching a rom-com. I tell this part, so just... Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. He knows what he's doing. You do. You know as much as my husband did. My husband and I did a lot of this kind of stuff, so... You're not downgrading. No. Just keep it the same, aren't you? I love you. I know that. Mm. You're my lover, and you do take care of me in a lot of ways. I'm not your caretaker, I'm your lover. And did David introduce you to? This is his daughter. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. We met, we had coffee this morning. Dave seemed to see his work as a family thing. A few weeks into the job, his daughter was coming along too. This is nice, Dad. Huh? I mean, it was, it's always been like so this. So this wasn't here at all? No, it was rotted. Oh, wow. Cody's 34, incredibly open, guileless even. Cody brought another element of drama to the renovations. What she told me was pretty disturbing. Cody hinted that there was more to her dad than anyone in Cayucas could know. I want to be more honest with you, but I can't around my dad. Because yeah. I just don't know how to say things, or if you know. But there's a lot of other things, like my dad used to do drugs really bad, and he hasn't done anything since he's been here. So that's been a really, like, positive influence on my life, because I struggled for a lot of years. So to see that in my dad has made me, like, I can do it too. So I don't know how he would feel about me, you know. I didn't know at the start if these recordings were ever going to be broadcast, but I knew that stories like this about older people potentially being exploited for their money were happening in places all over the world where there's a generation of old people who are rich from past property booms. Cody was all for suspending disbelief. She said Dave's relationship with Carolyn had helped her mend bridges with her father. She could come and stay with them whenever she wanted. Then she confided something else. Not only had Dave done drugs, he'd been with other older women. Well, honestly, it's not the first time my dad's been with an older woman. And it doesn't surprise me with my dad. Love is love. And it was kind of like, really? Okay. But not the first time he's been with an older woman. Cody saw no problem with that but she gave voice to what everyone in Cayucas was thinking. Did Dave home in on older wealthy women? I wondered if Cody hoped it would last this time so that Dave's newfound security and status, living with Carolyn, might trickle down to her. Well, if I had a crystal ball, I would think that the longer he stays with Carolyn, she's getting older. So I like I asked him today, you know, when she gets older, are you going to take care of her like are you gonna I wanted to know like what was his plan and he said yeah like most definitely I'm gonna take so I see my dad becoming her caretaker but still being in love and I hope that you know one day when I get married walking me down the aisle and giving me away a good dad a dad that you want to walk you down the aisle So that was Dave's daughter. She was rooting for this romance, whatever her reasons. But when it came to what Carolyn's two daughters thought, it was completely different. I met them when we went to Carolyn's house for the first time. I walked down with Dave and Cody, and we found Carolyn cleaning. Hello. She's hoovering. 
it quickly emerged that Carolyn was getting ready for a visit by her daughters, Sally and Susan. They're both in their 50s, a similar age to Dave. Carolyn's is a big, imposing house, raised up from the street. The front garden has a series of terraced flower beds flanking a stairway up to the door. There's a balcony at the side with views out over the ocean. At the back, there's another smaller property that Carolyn also owns and rents out. She has three other houses nearby. All in all, a portfolio worth a few million dollars. Despite all that money, Carolyn didn't employ a cleaner. And that's the thing about Cayucas, part of the charm. It's a middle-class place where property prices have made some people rich. So they wear their wealth lightly. That day, Carolyn was flustered, even a bit nervous. You've been cleaning all day since Oh, I know. Since yesterday, actually. Yeah. So anyway, it's good to see you. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's so my they... daughter. Right then, her two daughters arrived. Oh, it's your daughter? Yeah. Have they come to see you? Yeah. Hi. I'm Cody. I'm Dave's daughter. I'm Sally. Nice to meet you. Hi, I'm Sue. Is that Jake in there? Yeah. Okay. Jake's my grandson. I was going to go, but Kelly asked me not to go because she don't want me to go. Because they gave her a hard time the last couple times. You know, they give her a hard time and it was really stressful. I invited Carolyn's daughters, Sally and Susan, round to our house where we could talk more freely. Susan told me they were terrified for their mom. What did you think when you first knew about it? Do you remember what the first... Well, we thought he was going to take advantage of her and take what he could get from her. It happened to a friend of ours, her grandmother, you know, and this guy took advantage of her kind of in the same situation and he scammed her out of a lot of money. And then, you know, you hear the horror stories of them being abused and and so our initial thought was, you know, oh, wow. Dave has an unusual surname, Fout. F-O-U-T-E. Susan told me that the sisters had searched that name in police and court records, both in Texas, where he lived for a time, and in California, where he was living now. What they found horrified them. Dave had a criminal record, a long one. The list is kind of endless. He has uh, drug addiction and, I mean, just, yeah. He's done some really bad things. He's got a record. We don't know if he's safe. We have no idea what he's going to do. Because in a way, those things, you always think when you read about them happening, well, they're happening to other people, mm -hmm. and you know. Yes, yes. And I always, when we talk about it, always, I always say, in a million years, I never thought we would be in this place. And here we are. I hadn't done the search as they did, but I already knew Dave had been in prison. He was quite open about it at our house, joking with the other workmen. He told me he'd been a crystal meth addict. The drug had made him paranoid, and he'd become fixated on the idea that the supermarket chain Walmart was going to microchip us all. He'd been caught with explosives, making pipe bombs in the desert that the police believed were linked to a possible attack. He told that story as he was taking out an old bathroom. I did 10 years in prison one time and it changed my life. I made pipe bombs out in the middle of nowhere in Texas. 
My friend turned me in because I told him I slept with his wife. And I didn't. I just wanted him to shut up. So I told him, I slept with your wife, dude. And when I passed out, he hid what pipe bombs we had left. We're just blowing up armadillo holes, little water buckets, you know. And he he turned them in. They gave him 10 years of probation because I had a record. They gave me 10 years in prison. Yeah, I've been through all that shit. <laughs> the guy could build bombs and build houses and he do whatever he wants. A whole nother world. It's, yeah, definitely it's a whole nother world. Yeah. Like, oh, I cried. I was in a world of trouble. That history of Dave's made him someone you'd perhaps cross the road to avoid. So why did I keep letting this man into my house? His openness about his criminal past made people trust him. I think that's how it worked for me anyway. And he was so happy in his work, so proud of what he was doing. I really liked that. So how did a man like Dave Fout wash up in Cayucas, one of those towns that time forgot? It's quaint, but moneyed, small and exclusive. The pace of life is slow. People take time to browse the craft and antique shops. The older houses are washed in pastel paint, pink and blue and yellow. There's a wooden pier that stretches out a thousand feet into the ocean. At night, as the sun goes down, you can see the silhouettes of people fishing from that pier and the surfers in the waves beyond. The best thing is the weather, sunny nearly all year round. And that's what draws the rich and famous. Gwyneth Paltrow, Oprah, Harry and Meghan live just up the coast. But do you know, they came here and they sold their house, all this money, and they came here and bought one. I came here on a bicycle with absolutely nothing but was in that trailer. And look at me today. I might not be the mayor, but I am the baddest motherfucker that I know in Cayugas. And everybody knows me. Everybody knows who I am. It's, it's like, I always wanted to be famous, and I couldn't be no more famous than I am today. So here is Dave Fout's story as he likes to tell it. In prison, serving that 10-year stretch for making the pipe bombs, Dave made a commitment to God to lead a better life. When he came out, he left Texas and moved to California. But he went back to drugs, taking and dealing them. He describes a decade of highs and lows. He set up a building company that went bust. He lived for a time with a drug-addicted Hollywood actress in a commune. Eventually, he ended up sleeping rough, one of thousands of destitute people, many of them war veterans. My heart hurts for them. I mean, that's why you and I can do what we're doing, because they risked their lives and gave their lives or, or parts of their body to come home to be treated as a homeless or nowhere to live or no respect. It's just a horrible thought. Dave says he decided to cycle across America to draw attention to the plight of these homeless veterans. It wasn't really clear how that was going to help them. But anyway, he built himself a bike out of scrap and made a little coffin-shaped trailer to sleep in. And then he went back to Texas to start his bike ride there and pedaled through New Mexico and Arizona and up the Californian coast, keeping a video diary along the way. 
and um, going across America for our veterans, letting people know my feelings on what's being done with them. I've been on the road since May 13th of last year. I came across the three states, all the way from Galveston, Texas. In the beginning, there was a time I wanted to turn back, and I, I thought myself I was crazy, and at times I still think that. Wherever he stopped, Dave Fout made things out of the stuff that other people throw away. Little sculptures from bits of metal, jewellery from sea glass, rings from old silver spoons. This is what I do on my spare time, you know, in the evening or early in the morning. So I make the walking sticks too, and like this little uh, lion's head is reclaimed. It was uh, in a campfire that I found, and I put it on the stick. He sold this stuff as he went and did odd jobs. When he got to Cayucas, he parked his bike and trailer near the statue at the entrance to the pier. It's a local landmark. Two weathered, pale blue dolphins leaping up into the air together from their brownstone plinth. They look joyful and free. Dave says when he saw them, he felt he'd come home. Not everyone made him welcome, but some people were very kind. This was my spot. I'd leave the trailer all day, come back, there'd be stuff put on the trailer. I had a cat that would come here and get in the trailer at night with me. Yeah. And I'd make my heart and I'd set it on that chrome box that goes onto the pier. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful it's kind stuff. of random how you ended up in this little spot, isn't it? With the jewelry I, I sold, I could really just live and buy cigarettes and beer and food and have some pocket money. I'd order a pizza and they go, oh, is this Dave down at the Dolphin? And they bring the pizza right here and have pizza delivered right here. They go, did you just order pizza? I go, yeah, they know me. They bring it right here to the Dolphin. They're like, you son of a bitch, I don't even know you. I can't even believe you're doing this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing, the shit that went on right here. Bill! Shit. When he first moved here and he was with the bicycle and yeah. the tent, Maybe he'd like I was living fish. on the end of town, but I was living with my mom and we would eat dinner and I would come down and bring him plates of food. Would you? Because I was just like, we got we got plenty of food. We got too much food. Yeah. Bring him a pile of ribs and he's all stoked and, you know, just like... Did you think he'd stick around? Did you feel that... Um, I knew he wanted to stick around. He's a valuable part of the community. Someone that actually provides back to the community through artwork. And it's not, it's not about me. It's about <laughs> the people. It's the about people. the fact that you're here in Cayucas right now. We're having a good time talking. And this is the most beautiful place in the world. Everyone knows America is a place of extreme winners and losers. Nowhere is this more true than in California where property prices have skyrocketed and there's a huge problem of homelessness. Because he's so personable, Dave Fout can do what most homeless people probably can't. He can cross the divide, fending off hostility with kindness. Raylene, the manager of the little high street bank in Cayucas, noticed that. I mean, mean things people would say, like mean things I remember hearing. I pay a lot of money to live in this town. You're the last thing I want to see driving down my street. Like, that's like a very cruel thing to say to somebody. 
and he would just let it roll, let it roll. And he would still be kind to that person. So that told me a lot about him. I stay here because I really belong in this town. Not because I'm happy, because I broke down the walls of Jericho. People that were just so worried about their town or, or hated the homeless. And they threatened me, but now they're like, well, how are you doing today? I'm like, you saw me remember when you was threatening me, you know? Over a few months, Dave built some really solid relationships in Cayucas. He went to church, and that's where he met my neighbour, also named Sue, like me, and her husband, Dick. At the time, Dick was really sick with cancer, and Dave called at the house and helped Dick. The two men became close. You can tell how much Dick trusted Dave because he recommended him to Carolyn, whose age, wealth and loneliness made her vulnerable. Dave went to Carolyn's to do some gardening and two weeks later, he dug himself in. I lived with Kelly at first because I really liked having a place to shower and a place to lay down. And I did sleep downstairs for a while and she asked me to sleep upstairs and I, and I figured it's because she's lonely. She wanted somebody to sleep up there in the room with her. So I slept over there with her. What was that like for you? It was, it was nice, because at the same time, I wanted to have somebody... People need companionship. We're made that way. Looking back, I think I also liked Dave, because a key part of this story chimed with mine. I was an outsider in Cayucas. I first came here more than 20 years ago, doing house swaps in the summer holidays, a single mother from London with three young kids. Through the families I swapped homes with, I met someone new here, my husband, who's nearly a decade older than me. We had our own conversations about the difficulties of inheritance in new relationships when you both have children already. The expectation of an inheritance is a big issue affecting lots of families and it can colour everything. We might outlive everybody, who knows? Oh, they'll be screwed. I'm sorry, but we're going to make another 20 years now with you and Dick. <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose they just, you know, they worry about money, I suppose. People just worry about money. And they got so much that shit themselves. I don't know what it is. Maybe they just are wondering why you got me and they don't. That's probably it. Is it nice having a youthful lover? Yes, it is. Life is good. We're not in any... Life is grand. Yeah. He does a lot for Cayucas. Damn right. And a lot of them don't... It's not easy. Yeah. It was also a time when I needed company. My husband hadn't been well during the pandemic. He'd gone to stay with a relative while I was renovating our house. It was a big responsibility, rebuilding outside making space downstairs for a live-in helper in case either of us ever needed it. At the time, I felt more worried about our future than Carolyn and Dave seemed to be about theirs. We do our own thing. We do our own It's not exactly like it was when you're 19, you know? No, but we're not hurting nobody. We're not. Because I love you, Carolyn. I know. I love you. I know. I'm so proud of him. He's, he's young, he's brilliant. He's strong, 
And I love your kids. They're just really nice kids. They love me, too. But you love your kids. I do, too. I love them, too. But they're difficult. Well, I spoiled them rotten, I guess. They're entitled. And some folks just want it now, and they don't want to wait. That's true. And I wait? You have to wait. Put that like shit on them. hold, because your mom's going to be here a little while longer. <laughs> I would like them to love you as much as I love your Certainly. kids, you know. I want the neighbors to love me. Your kids live too far away. I want the neighbors on the street to oh, love me no more than the kids, man, because I have to come up and down the street, and there's a lot of people on the street who are like, oh, that son of a bitch. I'm Sue Mitchell, and that was episode one of Intrigue, Million Dollar Lover, from BBC Radio 4. You can find all the episodes on BBC Sounds. It was produced by me and Joel Moores and was written by Winifred Robinson. The dramaturg was Flo de Salle and sound design was by Tom Brignall. Next, the suspicion and rivalry intensifies when Carolyn's daughters confront the couple with questions about their sex life and tempers flare about whether Carolyn is really capable of making her own decisions. Props to the whole team on that one. It's such a beautifully produced and thought-provoking series. All episodes are available now from BBC Sounds. To make sure you don't miss my next brilliant recommendation, be sure to follow your next podcast too. All my recommendations from the whole series will also be on Podcast Rex at www.podcastrex.com. That is www.podcastrex.com. <laughs>